Yes. Um, I'm not sure about Majestic, um, but I'll take it. I, I don't even really know what that word means. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Time starts now. Uh, so this is our last week in the series that we've been doing uh, on uh, Paul and Co. And if I'm honest, um, like Courtney was just honest just now, when I first saw the promo for this, I was a little bit scared um, because I've worked with all of those guys before and then seeing them dressed up like that was a little bit scary. Um, but hopefully we can have a little bit of fun and um, engage in the Word tonight. Is that good? Well, before this series began, I was talking to my best mate, Tim Fry, and he asked me this question. He said, oh, sorry, 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 Royce, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, Tim, Tim's been around a little bit longer, but that's all right. Uh, um, I was talking to my best mate, Tim Fry, and um, he asked me this question. He's like, hey, if Paul wrote an email to Door of Hope in 2021, what do you think he would say? And I thought, wow, that's a, that's a pretty interesting question um, and hopefully one that we might be able to answer tonight. But a little bit about Paul, he was fire. He was like a fiery character. He, was, uh, he knew the Old Testament better than we ever will and he wrote a big majority of the New Testament. You see, when he was growing up as, as the Jewish children would, he learnt, he learnt the scriptures, he learnt all of the customs and he knew um, what the law of God was all about. He took the time uh, to, to learn this. He was really good at investing in others and throughout this series we've, we've heard about uh, some of the things that Paul has been able to do in his lifetime. Um, and yeah, he took the time to teach, rebuke and encourage. So if Paul was writing us an email tonight, he certainly wouldn't hold back. Um, and uh, one of those he chose to invest in and write to was a guy called Titus. So uh, can you guys say Titus? Titus. Great. Oh, thanks, Judah. I heard that. So good. So, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. All right, here we go. Everybody say Titus. Say Titus. He was alright, he was pretty bad. He put up a fight with all his might. Say Titus! Say Titus! We're talking about tonight, wasn't a trite. Pretty bright, that's. Yeah, Titus! Say Titus! Yeah, uh, I'd love to say that was planned, but. Uh, oh, good. So, yes, tonight we are talking about Titus, and. Um, I believe what Paul has to say to Titus is relevant to our Store of Hope 2021 today. Um, and in the crazy world that we live in, where anxiety and sin rule, Paul has a timely message to help bring back confidence and focus into our lives. And I think that that's something that you would agree we all need. So Titus 1-2 says this, This truth gives them confidence, everyone say confidence, that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And in Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, 
bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God, Saviour Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. I just love to pray before we dig into this. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is a light to our feet, um, that you are good, that you are true, that you do not lie. Uh, In this word, I pray that you would reveal to us things that need to be shifted. You would encourage us. You would rebuke us. And we would walk out tonight feeling closer with you, feeling encouraged, feeling inspired, and feeling like, Uh, we can be confident in you and your word, in your mighty name. Amen. So a little bit about Titus. Uh, Titus, as we just heard, he he was all right. He was pretty bright, not bad for his height. Um, He spent many years with Paul, so many years with Paul, learning, going on missionary trips, um, seeing what Paul did, asking him a bunch of questions. And I'm sure that Paul would have like rebuked him on occasion. He would have encouraged him on many occasions. So he was by Paul's side, probably one of the most out of all all of the crew. Um, And Titus spent many years with him growing in faith and proving that he could follow through on assignments. Uh, Just a raise of hands here. Who's ever done an assignment before? Who's doing one right now? Uh, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, I know my wife marks a lot of assignments. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them aren't so good. And uh, some of you have probably written assignments that she's marked. So they're probably all the good ones, of course. Um, but yeah, assignment. This, uh, this was a pretty tough assignment that he's given um, to Titus. The idea of assignments are that they show your understanding of what you've learnt and often they're theoretical, academic. And Titus has been doing a bunch of learning as Paul has been investing in him and then completing various practical assignments over the years, building his confidence. Um, Then he's given a massive assignment. Now, this is pretty huge. It's bigger than your end-of-year portfolio. uh, Yeah, it's it's pretty big. Um, He's sent to Paul, he's sent by Paul to Crete, which is an island off Greece, to help restore the church as their leaders have become corrupt and we're living ungodly, worldly lives. Can you imagine if that was your assignment? Hey, here's your assignment. I'm going to send you to Crete, and you're going to rebuke these leaders, replace them with new leaders, because they're 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 living ungodly lives, and they're corrupt. Oh, yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, I'll walk into that. Hey. But, uh, yeah, even it's hard, even for church leaders. They have to make daily decisions to say no to worldly passions to remain self-controlled and upright. You see, I, I, I was never really good at theoretical assignments um, and deadlines. Even with this assignment of talking to you tonight, it was Paul and Co. investing in others. That was the title. And then underneath that, it was Apollos. So tonight, I'm actually meant to be speaking to you about Apollos. But 
I read the assignment wrong. And so tonight, I'm bringing you a word on Titus. So, uh, apologize, senior leadership, Pastor Steve. Um, it, Titus is good. It's investing in others. And thank you for investing in me over the many years. Um, but give me a practical assignment or a dare any day. And I'll go after that. I, I don't mind a dare. I don't mind a practical assignment. But a tough assignment came to me many, many years ago when I was in the youth ministry uh, in the form of a photo scavenger hunt. And uh, they put it on the list as a bit of a joke, a bit of a, oh, this is never going to happen. A um, hundred points for whoever could block your ears. Someone got in trouble for this anyway. hundred points for whoever could stand on top of the Silverdome sign and take a photo of it. So here's a little picture of the photo scavenger hunt. Woo! I'd like to say that it was photoshopped, um, but that was before Photoshop was around. And yes, I was wearing a high-vis jacket, and yes, I did a couple of spins, just for good measure. But Titus was given an even tougher assignment than standing on top of the Silverdome sign. Paul wasn't giving it to him as a joke. This was a really serious thing. Um, we read in Titus 1, 1 to 2, this was the assignment, teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence, everyone say confidence, that they have eternal life. Teach truth, show how to live godly lives, restore confidence of salvation. That was his assignment. And uh, if you've got confidence in anything, confidence in your salvation is one thing that you do want to have confidence in. You see, God is with us, yes, he's with us all the time, he promises that, he reigns on the just and the unjust, he is with everyone for all the age, until the end of the age, which we'll see. But this age will end, and what happens after that? Confidence. You see, this assignment wasn't going to be easy, it was an ongoing battle and one that we still face today. And I love you just to check out this clip because it speaks into a little bit of what we're going to hear. Yes, you live in a world where evil still exists. But the one who conquered sin and death is still with you. It is a disastrous duo, the evil outside us and the evil that still remains inside us. It is not just that we live in a world where evil still exists. If that were our only problem, life would be much easier and simpler. No, the danger of the external evil that we all face every day is made incredibly greater by the evil that lives inside us. You see, it is only ever the evil inside you that magnetizes you to the evil outside you. Sin is only ever attractive to a sinner. It really is true. To the pure, all things are pure. The problem is none of us are yet completely pure. Yes, by the operation of powerful grace, we are purer than we once were, but here's our dilemma. Our purification from sin, that work that will not end until every last microbe of sin is eradicated from every single cell of every heart of every believer, is a lifelong process and not a single event. The process of heart purification is taking place in an environment of a dramatically broken world that is not functioning as God intended and where evil lurks around every corner. There is not a day in our lives when internal and external evil does not intersect somehow, some way. Are you discouraged as you hear this? 
Does it seem to you that God's will is both irrational and impossible? As if life in the fallen world is the ultimate nasty trick? Well, you must remember, you have not been sent out into this world to do it alone. You have not been asked to do the impossible in your own strength. You have not been asked to journey through this dark world all by yourself. And you surely haven't been asked to comfort yourself by denying the presence and power of the internal and external evil that you do with every day. As Jesus was sending out his disciples, he said something that really changes everything. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus doesn't send us out with a pack of principles and promises. He doesn't just guide our travels with a set of rules. No, he, he does so much more. He comes with us. He knows that we'll never make it unless he is with us in every moment of every situation, location, and relationship. He is not a rescue squad that leaps into action in our moment of trouble. He is there with us in trouble because he's been with us all along. In our struggle with evil, he gives us the only gift that will ever help us. He gives us himself because he knows that in him, we really do find everything we need until our journey has ended. Yeah, clap for that guy. <clears throat> and he's an incredible guy and the message that he brings is, is really important and key. I mean, he's drumming tonight, he's rapping, he's, you know, on screen. What can't he do? Oh, so good. Someone give him a job. So even though the assignment wasn't going to be easy for Titus, he goes in with confidence, knowing that Jesus is with him in the task that lies ahead. Titus 1-2, this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. Like Titus, we can also be confident, knowing Jesus is with us in the daily struggle against the internal and external reality of sin. In Titus 1-2, we see eternal life is a promise from God. We can be confident because we know God does not lie. Unlike the Cretan gods of the time, they used to sort of know about Zeus and the things that he, he did. They thought that gods were mischief. They, they lied to get what they want. And this is why the message had to come at this time to them saying God does not lie because this was different to their belief of, of gods that they knew. You see, we can help each other by investing in others to know the truth that shows us how to live godly lives. You see, I'm confident that I can solve this Rubik's Cube because I've learned how to do it. I haven't just learned how to do it. I don't have just the theoretical knowledge. I have the practical knowledge of how to do this. And when given the task to Pastor Steve to solve this cube, he did a pretty good job. In a minute, he had the green side all sorted. But I met someone in the foyer tonight that saw this cube and their eyes lit up because they understood the assignment. The assignment is to get all the sides the same colour. And their eyes lit up because they knew how to solve the cube. And his name's Connor. Connor, come up here, mate. Come up here. He, he didn't know. He didn't know. Give a hand for Connor. Now, Connor is going to solve this cube right here. Um, don't be distracted, but he's just going to get it done. See, I can have confidence in his ability, even though I've only known him for two minutes, 
because I've seen that he can achieve that. He can, he can solve the Rubik's Cube. I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but it's just he's going to do it. It's Connor from Sheffield. Give him a hand. But unlike solving a Rubik's Cube, Paul isn't talking about confidence in anything we have done or anything we can achieve. No, he's talking about a different confidence. He's talking about the confidence that we can have in what Jesus has done for us on the cross and what he is doing in our hearts and what he will do when he comes again. Here's a side note. Titus 2.14 shows us we're not purified for our own sake, but for our Heavenly Father. We read in Titus 2.11. How are you going there? Yeah, I'm getting there. Pretty good. He's going all right. We read in Titus 2.11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. The idea of all people is really important here. Paul doesn't want Titus, or us for that matter, to be selective in who we share the grace of God with. Titus himself was a Gentile. Wasn't, wasn't a Jew, and uh, Paul invested deeply in him, despite what others thought at the time. Jesus says in Matthew 5, you have heard what is said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be like your Father in heaven, since he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. How you going there, Connor? It's pretty good. He's getting there. We can see living godly life isn't all about me. It must include others. Psalm 147 says, Our Lord is great and has awesome power. There is no limit to his wisdom. He could probably solve that pretty quick. The Lord lifts up the oppressed, but knocks the wicked off, knocks the wicked to the ground. Offer to the Lord a song of thanks. Sing praises to our God to the accompaniment of harp. He covers the skies with clouds and provides the earth with rain and causes grass to grow on the hillside. He gives food to the animals and to the young ravens when they chirp. He is not enamoured with the strength of a horse, nor is he impressed with the warrior's strong legs. The Lord takes delight in his faithful followers and in those who wait for his loyal love. It's almost solved. Verse 10 and 11, God is not impressed by our strength. He takes delight in his faithful followers and in those who wait for his loyal love. It is his love that cleanses us from sin, our wrongdoing and our rebellion against him. How you going, Connor? It's pressure. The pressure's on when you're up here and he didn't know that he had to do this. This is pretty good. I've got confidence in you, Connor. You can do it. Everyone give him a round. You got this. Titus' task, among other things, was to train the Cretans to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age to become faithful followers. Paul instructed him to appoint elders. See, that's exciting. I'm excited by that. I have confidence that Connor can solve Rubik's Cube. And now, guess what? All of you have confidence that Connor can solve Rubik's Cube. 
I don't know if that adds to the message or not, but <laughs> hey, he kind of can solve a Rubik's Cube. So can I. Paul instructed him to appoint elders. Paul instructed him to invest in others, teaching them truth, calling out selfishness. Just like Paul would have done with Titus. You see, this is an important point. If Paul was to write us an email today, I believe he would want us to. These things. Titus 2, 12. Renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. He would want us to remember Titus 2, 14. Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. Now, I had to look up zealous. I kind of understood what it meant, like passionate and fiery and that sort of thing. But when was the last time you were zealous for something? Now, the definition of zealous is filled with or showing a strong and energetic desire to get something done or see something succeed. It goes beyond just having a fleeting moment of passion. This is actually action. This is what he wants us. He wants to see this zeal coming out. Enthusiastic, excited, fanatical about doing good works. Let's have zeal for what is real. Paul would want us to, verse 15, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. It's time to know the truth, to restore confidence to stand up for right living, knowing that Matthew 28, 20 is true, says this, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with you always to the end of the age. Will you accept him daily, know the truth and live a godly life so that you can be confident yourself and many others you invest in will be with Jesus, not just to the end of the age, but for the rest of eternity. Let me pray with you and the team can come. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the rebuke and the encouragement of this book from Paul to Titus. We thank you that Paul invested in Titus and Titus into the church there at Crete. Father, you recognise that there are some areas in our lives that have become like the Cretans, following worldly passions, unhealthy patterns of addiction, whether that's alcohol or pornography or selfishness. Too much food, too much work, too much entertainment, too much anger. Whatever it is, I pray that tonight you would give us the confidence to come to you to ask you for forgiveness that we would have the confidence that yes you sent your one and only son Jesus to be with us until the end of age but not only that not just to the end of this age, but for all 
eternity. I pray tonight for people that need to refocus, need to gain that sense of zeal for doing good works. Just like Paul instructed Titus to, I pray that tonight your Holy Spirit would ignite within us a passion to see your good news spread throughout this city, spread throughout this state. Because we know the evil inside and the evil outside is constant. But what's also constant is your love and your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace and your freedom and your righteousness and your goodness and your awesomeness and your power. We thank you for these things. If you're here tonight and you know that there are some things in your life that you need to get right with God, you need forgiveness for, then I encourage you to come to Him humbly, but with confidence knowing that He will forgive you when you call upon His name. Maybe you're aware that God is with you, but you're not sure whether He's with you for all eternity. Well then tonight, I pray that you would have encounter with him that you would keep seeking that you would keep asking you would keep knocking because he's knocking on your heart he's waiting for you to open that door so that he would come in and dine with you like he would with a friend so tonight I pray that we would receive encouragement we would receive instruction we would receive focus but we would also, each and every one of us, receive rebuke for the times that we have failed to have zeal to do what is good. We have failed to invest in others or accept the investment from other people. But Father, we're reminded that you're with us to the end of the age. Amen.